we thank you that you are risen, that you defeated death, hell, and the grave. And Lord, you inhabit this place. Come on, no matter what battle you're facing today, he's already won it. If he can beat death, he can beat any situation you're facing. Come on, he's worthy of praise and honor. Give him your best right now. Just one more second, Lord. We give you praise and honor. We say hallelujah, God, from here below. We believe that you have settled the score, God. We thank you that you're the one that came and paid the price for every single mistake and sin and pain and failure. God, Jesus, you rose from the dead and you are worthy of our praise. We give you all the honor and praise, worth, value, dominion, and worship today in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, give me praise one more time in this place. What's up, Transformation Church? He's worthy of worship. What's up online? Can you give our online campus a what's up, everybody, before you grab your seats? Thank you for joining us today. Jesus is the king, guys. Come on, he's alive and well, and I don't care what kind of pandemic we're facing, he's already defeated death, and so it is good. If he can, listen, he's never lost a battle, and he's not going to start now, and so I want to encourage you that uh, he has already beat death. If he can do that, come on, Jesus is alive. I was talking with someone the other day about just different religions and different stuff and, and different philosophies, and it was all cool and, and a good conversation, and it, didn't, it wasn't heated or anything like that, like that at the end, and he, he was like, yeah, this is like that, and a lot of religions have different, different same principles and philosophies. I was like, yeah, and I was agree, agreed with him the whole time. At the end of it, I was like, but only one guy got out of the grave. Only one dead guy came back. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He is alive, and he is well, and he is ruling from the throne in heaven. He's not running around panicking right now. And so I know many of us watch the news and see the panic, uh, but the Bible says Jesus is seated on the throne. He's not, he's not jumping around going, oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? You know, he's got it under control. We are uh, in, a, in a series. Next week, um, we're going to be in a standalone message, and it's going to be a strong week. This week, I'm ending a series uh, called How to Be Human. And we've been looking at just really in this hour uh, what it looks like to be uh, one of God's kids or to be human and uh, looking just several traits that we all have to have as humans. We looked at air breathing and being in the presence of God. We looked at thirst and that we all thirst for things. We looked at being thirsty and we looked at water and what it looks like to, to have water, the water of his spirit. And um, then we looked last week at hunger and uh, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled, that, that you will not be filled unless you hunger, that God can't fill people that aren't hungry. A lot of times we want to be filled with God and we want his will, but we're not hungry. Uh, but I think a lot of times we stop at hunger and um, we stop at that spot. And I think this week I want to go further and look at how to be human part four and look at us being healthy humans and not just stopping at hunger. So I want to go to several places in John chapter four and I'm gonna look at Luke 10 and, um, and then give you uh, some thoughts about just uh, this hour that we're in and being human in it. Here's what it says, John four, you know the backstory, Jesus has come on the scene. Uh, he was weary. Come on, Jesus got tired, the Bible says. Anybody get tired ever? Thank God that Jesus showed us his human side. He did not use his divinity to hide his humanity, that he was all human and all God, 100% of both. And we see that Jesus got tired. The one that crossed the universe sat down and needed a drink of water at a well on a hot, sunny day in the Middle East. He was, he was thirsty and he was weary and he sat down. He ends up uh, 
having his disciples go into town and, and get some food. I don't know if he was hungry or they were hungry, but he sends them into town. And what, as he does, this woman comes to the well. You know the story. We've looked at it some this month. And he has this conversation with a Samaritan woman. He crosses all types of barriers, racial barriers, uh, gender barriers, uh, social barriers, ancestral barriers. He crosses all that, begins to have a conversation with her. And, and this is what the Bible says. She goes away. He sends her away to go back into the town. She leaves. And then it says this in verse 31. In the meantime. Somebody say, in the meantime. Anybody feel like we're in the meantime? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's 2020 and it's halfway through. And like, when are we going to get out of the meantime? Like, are we still facing these things? In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. He came back, but he said to them, I have food to eat which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone, be, they were scared to ask him. They're like, has anyone given something to eat? Who fed him? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then the harvest? You planted a seed and four months later you get harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. Luke 10, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples. Somebody say other disciples. The Lord chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. I have food that you do not know of. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. My title for today is A Meal in the Meantime. A Meal in the Meantime. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would change us, that you would open our hearts, that we can't change ourselves. It's your word that does its work. And so we just open our heart to your spirit, to your word. Have your way in this place today. God, I thank you for life change. I thank you that we get a relationship with you, not religion, not rules, not denomination. We get a relationship with the God of the universe, we ask you to just be with us and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen? Uh, my son, he uh, has a little job at a grocery store, kind of a wholesale grocery store, and 17, and he likes to buy stuff. He likes to purchase all types of things, and so somehow when those things happen, I have to pay for some of it. His car gets wrecked or a little thing happens here and there, and I find myself helping him because I'm a dad, but I don't just help him and just give him. I want him to work. I want him to build. I want him to earn things, so he has this job, and the other night he comes home from the job. It's about 9.30, and he calls up. He says, my buddy Harry's coming over, and, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, and so he shows up at the house, and he's got this box, and I look in the box. He pulls out this 10-pound tube of ground beef. It's this long and this big around I'm like what in the world he's like oh we were bored and I got some ribs he had underneath that uh, three slabs of ribs he, it looked like one pack of ribs it was three stacks of ribs and he's got he goes I've got enough Harry and I are going to grill out in the meantime like we were bored we were just in the meantime we're just going to grill out tonight I'm like it's 10 o'clock at night he's like we're going to make about 10 burgers and some rack of ribs I was like do you know ribs take four hours to cook on a smoker He's like, I got about 10 burgers. I'm like, you have 40 quarter pound burgers right there, son. He's <laughs> like, that's just a little meat. I just brought a little meal home, dad. It's all right. And I kind of was proud he brought meat home. I'm like, that's cool, you know. But, but then I was like, I, I, I said, son, how, 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 much did that, how much did that cost? He said, oh, 
well, I got a little discount. It's $58. I was like, 50, 50, $58. Like, it's a deal, Dad. I'm like, we've got hamburgers in the freezer, son. I was like, I didn't send you to this job to worry about your $58 meal. I didn't send you to this job to get your food in your belly. I didn't send you to this job to have fun in the meantime. With your, you owe me a lot of money. I'm glad you're having fun tonight, but I sent you to this job to pay some bills and to make some things and to worry about my will as you pay me. I didn't send you to this job. Jesus' disciples show back up. They walk in on him and it says, in the meantime, what meantime? The meantime of where the woman at the well had been hearing God, uh, saved by God, changed by God, an outcast, a promiscuous outcast woman that she had heard the message of God, been changed, and now went back to the city. And the disciples come back. In the meantime, what meantime? The meantime where she's preaching the gospel in the city. In the meantime where she's giving the food that God had put into her into the city. In the meantime where she's preaching about Messiah and giving them what the city needs. And in the meantime, the disciples come back with a big loaf of bread and no body. The people that Jesus had entrusted the kingdom to, had entrusted his work to, had entrusted the call of God to, when they go to the city... They come back and they say, you hungry, Jesus? Did you eat? And it's not bad to worry about food, but Jesus says to them, I've got food you guys don't even know about. Like, like you were thinking about your own food and your own stomachs and your own fun. And in the meantime, and I've got this lady that's changing a whole city. Do you know that she brought out the entire city a few moments later and the disciples who were called to bring the kingdom brought nobody back but some loaves of bread? This, it was the very same town that she lived in where they were shopping. And Jesus is like, guys, I have food that you don't know about. My food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. I have a meal in the meantime. I have food and the meal that I eat and the meal that I thrive on that sustains me in the meantime is actually doing the will of my Father and finishing it. I have this type of food. That is how to be human. Listen to me. Last week we talked about hungering. A lot of times we stop with hunger. We need the bread of the Word of God. We stop and we don't go on to mission. And, and you need to write this down. His mission is my meal. Like, what's the meantime right now? What are you facing right now? What are you going through? His mission is your meal. His mission is what feeds you. His mission is my meal. His mission. I had a meal in the meantime, Jesus said. I know you're bringing me back some bread. I know you're thinking about all that. And I get it. It's not bad because we all got to eat. But if you would make your decisions and mark your mind with my mission, you would actually learn to be human in the middle of the meantime. Because we're in a meantime season and I think it's so important for some things for us as God's kids to know as God's people. And maybe you aren't in a relationship with Jesus today, so some of this won't be for you. And that's okay. We're not going to twist your arm or try to convince you into to, to giving your life to God like that. There's no, there's no convincing or twisting. That's up to the Holy Spirit and I hope he, he speaks to you strongly today if you're not walking in a relationship with God. But I want to speak to like God's kids today in a powerful way. This is what, number one, I need you to see this. It, just thinking about this meantime season, number one, you are chosen. You are chosen by God. I love this verse in Luke 10, 1. It says, now the Lord chose 72 other disciples. We always think of the 12 disciples, the spiritual gurus, the, the guys that he picked, the ones he chose first. Come on, right? Like We know they had mistakes, but Jesus chose 12. No, he didn't. He chose 72 others. A lot of times, remember when we got chose for teams in school? Getting chosen last, how, how, how bad was that? Come on. Anybody, who were all the chosen first people? Anybody in here? Show of hands in the back right there. Come on, we hate you. I know. Everybody's scared to raise their hand. Y'all were the captains, right? 
I wasn't chosen last, but I, w- I wasn't chosen first. But, you know, you start, it starts getting down the, the, the line a little bit, and you start kind of, it's like this, this weird effect. You start hiding a little bit because you don't want to be chosen last. And now you're hiding, and they can't even see you. So maybe you were picked last because you hid. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to give you hope. And you, and, you're, and, you're, and, and you just, you feel inadequate. You feel unvalued. You don't feel, you don't feel like, you know, you're, you're part of the chosen. And a lot of times we feel that way when it comes to God, when it comes to going out and making a difference, carrying his mission, having that as our meal. We feel like, man, I'm inadequate. Like I've got problems. I've got pain. I've got, I don't even know if I have a purpose in my life. God, look at all their lives on Instagram. It's so beautiful. I think that's the same thing about my own life. God, you should have picked somebody else to be the pastor. I've got pain and problems and concerns and stuff. Are you sure you picked the right dude? And whenever we can feel that way, we can look at this verse that says, and he picked 72 others. That just because you feel inadequate, you're not. You're chosen. Other disciples were chosen that we all have pain. We all have brokenness. We all have fear. We all have things that aren't working in our life. The reality is your brokenness is where he gets his beauty. Your brokenness is where, you, where his beauty shines. Your mess is where his message comes to life. And so I just want to encourage you, you're chosen. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Stop thinking that you're not capable or you're inadequate. Like you are chosen by God. 72 others he chose, but he did not stop there. It's so important for you and I to see. Number two, you are sent. You are sent. You, you, he never chooses anybody he doesn't send. It says this in, in Luke 10, verse 2. It says, or 1 and 2, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead. Listen to this. And sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. I love it. It says he sent them ahead in pairs. We have Connect Group Rally today where you can go out there and connect up with some people. He doesn't send you out alone. He doesn't want you to do this thing alone. He doesn't send his disciples out alone. He doesn't make you go and reach cities alone, towns alone, workplaces alone. He sent them out in pairs. They were sent in this, in this connection, in this relational connection. Please hear me. If you're online, we have connect groups for you. If you're in this room, sign up today. Get in some relationship with people of God and like faith. He sends them out. He's got this power. And why does he send them out? It says he sends them out to towns ahead of him, places that he planned on visiting. God wants to send you because he plans on visiting that workplace. God wants to send you because he plans on visiting that college, that city, that school, that nation, that neighborhood. God is sending us because he actually has a plan. Jesus has a plan to visit the places that you go to and that you were sent to. So he is sending us. Why are you sent? Here's here's the simple job description for a believer. Again, this is for someone that says, I'm in relationship with God. If you're a believer, your number one job description is to know Jesus and be in a relationship with him. Number one, knowing Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. Most of us stop there. I just want to know his heart. I just want to know him. No, then he gives you a mission. You and I have been sent with a mission. He sends us ahead to actually go into those places so that we have a mission, so that he can actually ride on the heart of us into those towns and those areas. It says he sends us to do his will. Jesus said, my food is to do, to do the will of the one who sent me. Hear me. God did not send us to talk about the will to have Bible studies around his will, to have theological dissertations around his will, to analyze his will, to argue his will, to debate his will, to study. Didn't send us to study his will. Just want to study the will of God. No, no, no. You and I are sent to do the will of God, that we would do it and we would do the mission, that the meal that we feed on is the mission of God. Y'all with me today? 
I, I just I, th- I think sometimes we just want to go deeper and we want to know God so closely but we stop with the with that and don't get into the mission that he's called us to my my meal is his mission let me just say this to you it gets real messy when we get off mission it gets confusing it's divided it gets it gets murky it gets messy I, my wife's birthday is coming up in September and she has been a great hinter in the in the past of what she would like and I've realized and she's realized that the hints don't work so I'm like baby I'm committed to knowing you and the depths of your desire I'm committed to knowing your heart and what you would like for you. would you just tell me so she told me I want this and this I'm like beautiful took some notes down I want to know you I want to know your heart I want to know what you want what would happen on her birthday if comes around and I give her a card and she's waiting for the box waiting for the things she's told me about and she opens it up and there's a card and she's like where where's the things that I told you about I'm like well no no I, I didn't I didn't I didn't I thought that the desire of your heart was for me to know the desire of your heart and for me to go into the depths of your desire and to understand and communicate and have you authenticate what you would like to me and and so I thought that it was just a beautiful representation of what you desired and I just thought that was it she would look at me and go are you an idiot <laughs> it would be a messy birthday right cakes everywhere it's in my face no 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 her heart is my mission her heart becomes my mission it's not just to know her it's not just to figure out what she wants it's to take all of my power and all of my means and all of my ability and go out and make that the mission of my life to make sure that that desire comes to pass the heart of God is not just for us to know him and go into life it's not for us just to go go know God deeper. No, it's to take the heart of God and make it our mission. The heart of God is that we would seek and save the lost, that people would come to know God, that they could find hope in Christ, that there's only one place with life in it, and that's Jesus. Why does he send us? Luke 10.2 says this, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. He says there's tons of people that need saved. It's great. John 4.35 says, hey, you say four months and then the harvest, but I say look up now. It's ripe. It's ready. People are ready to get saved. When? Now. Let me put it to you in economic terms. I don't know if we have any economic students in the room. In economic terms, you have supply and demand. And so in economic terms, there's supply and then, and then there's the demand. You have to, as a as a entrepreneur or a business person you have to find out if there's a demand for your product right and so if there's no demand for your product you're going to have a garage full of soap that you're trying to sell right so you have to figure out if anybody wants your product and then once you figure out that there's a a demand for your product then you go and you make an, an adequate supply it's supply you make sure there's an adequate inventory and so you have number one demand you have number two supply and there's something in between supply and demand it's called distribution it's called the delivery system. How do I get the, the supply to the people that are in demand of it? And Jesus is teaching us in this scripture that there's a supply and demand, that there's this huge demand in the planet. Even though people might not know it, there's a demand for what Jesus has. It's life change. It's a change of soul. It's a change of heart. It's eternal life. People need it. They're looking everywhere for it. And he says, there's a great demand. He goes, and the supply is great. What I did on the cross was plenty. I paid for every sin, every mistake, every shame, every hurt, every, every, I paid for it. And the supply is endless and it'll never run out. He says, but there's a problem. The distribution system is a problem. 
The supply is great, the demand is great, but the workers are few. The laborers are few. Jesus says from his perspective, the greatest problem on the planet is not COVID-19, is not pandemics, is not social unrest, is not economic failure, is not even sin issues. The greatest problem on the planet is a distribution system that's not fully working. The greatest problem on the planet is that you and I are the distribution system and sometimes we forget about the meal we're supposed to be eating and we forget about the meal is actually his mission and that it feeds us and sometimes we just get distracted from that. Come on, we're all human, right? I had a friend telling me a story the other day about a cruise ship he was on and his family was on a cruise and his son is autistic and he was telling this story and he, he said that his son got lost on the cruise ship and, and, and for about 30 minutes, it was all out panic and they didn't know if he was overboard and they started printing out pictures of his son and they got the upper officers involved and everyone's looking and, and the sirens are going, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then they find him under this table kind of looking out of a window about 30 minutes later and some of the upper officers came to uh, my friend and they said, hey, we just want you to know five more minutes and we would have turned the boat around. He was like, what? He goes, are you serious? He goes, yeah, five more minutes and we would have actually turned the ship around. He said, because we didn't know, especially with a miner, if he's overboard or if he's not, or we would retrace the steps with radar and figure out what, and my friend was like, that's amazing. Like, like, you're not even sure if you would have found him. You're not even sure if he was in the water. You're not even sure, but you would have interrupted 4,000 people's vacation and entertainment and, and, and fun and food and, and turned it around for one kid. And then he said this, he goes, that's surprising because many churches drive by floating bodies in the water all the time. He said a lot of places just keep on sailing past bodies that are bobbing in the water in our society. And he said, you've forgotten why you're on the boat. Listen, Jesus says we're on the boat because there's this great harvest and that the workers are few. We're not, we're on the boat. Jesus is saying that I've got too many people on the boat that don't realize they're saved to serve. There's a mission and we're called to serve, man. Great is the harvest, but the workers are few. Now we've got serve teams. I want to encourage you, get on one. We've got plugged in classes. I want to encourage you, get plugged in. We've got connect group tables out here today that you can connect into. People say, what's the will of God? Serve, serve teams. Plugged in. Connect groups. Many people come in here and go, I need to know the depths of God's will. You will once you continue to serve and plug in. He'll un it's progressive. It unfolds. And it's not just because I'm pitching what we, what we have. I'm, I, I smoke what I'm selling. I believe in it. And I, I, I believe, listen, listen it's the, we're called to serve. Here, here's the dilemma. It's the milk versus meat dilemma. And I'm, I'm going to close up here in a second. It's the milk versus meat dilemma. First Peter says this great scripture, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Desire the word, desire the pure, undiluted, undefiled, pure passion for the word. Desire that as newborn babes in Christ. Desire the word. But Hebrews 5 kind of contradicts it and corrects us in a way for desiring that, only that. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But solid food, you got to catch this, but solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised 
to discern both good and evil. He doesn't say desire meat ever in the Bible. It doesn't say desire meat. It says desire milk, desire milk, desire milk. And then he makes this distinction between meat and milk. And what he says is that milk is this foundational Christian truth, this biblical teaching, this, this foundational truth of Christ that gets into our mind, that changes the way we think, and then shapes our perspective so we can exercise and make decisions based on spiritual understanding. And so it goes from, from milk, and then it says, but meat, solid food, belongs to, listen to me, it belongs to those who through reason of use have their senses exercised. The difference between milk and meat is exercise. I get people all the time, well, I just need meat, pastor. We just need meat. Well, the pastor quit. I just, meat, listen to me, meat is not deeper theology. Huh. Come on. Meat is, is, not, is not Greek and Hebrew. Meat is, is not the pastor preaching deeper, better sermons. Meat is not even, is not even a class. It's not theology. Meat is having your life in exercise with the milk that you've already received with strong bones and strong structure that you would take milk in and your structure gets so strong on the inside of you that now you've got this strength to go out and exercise. If you just gave a baby a bottle and laid him in bed, you're going to have a fat cherub and that's not Jesus. You don't put a, that's not, we think we got this false picture of heaven with a little fat baby with a bottle on a, on a cloudy mattress in heaven just that's hell that's not heaven the, the, the point is like that would be unhealthy to put a baby with a bottle just laying in bed how does the baby grow through exercise and walking and running and crawling and failing and, and, and persistence and resistance and training and getting up and falling down and, and hurting and healing and, and this, this life that happens through the exercise of the milk that's put into us that's the milk it's not milk for milk's sake God doesn't say desire milk for milk's sake desire milk so that you can get to meat but it's through the exercise, it's through the use of your senses. I got this little illustration real quick. I had a few minutes left with you. and I, uh, I think sometimes we talked about bread last week. If you came to my house for dinner and I was like, you're like, what's for dinner? And I'm like, we got bread. Just, you know, be hungry for the bread of the word, the bread of God. We get, what do you got? I got rye, I got white, I got pumpernickel. What you got for dinner? Buns. No, 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 no. No, you'd come to my house and, 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 and I would take bread and, and then I've got a little sandwich up here. I got some little smoked turkey, somebody. I'm like a little smoke. I'm gonna make some of y'all hungry. A little smoked turkey sandwich right there. I got some lettuce, some, some organic lettuce that you put on that. And, and then I put that. I got, I got a couple slabs of cheese. Just put that on there. I've got, uh, what else do I got in here? I got some onions. I don't know who, any onion people for their sandwich. Come on. Don't breathe on us. Put your mask on. I get it. I'm an onion person. I got some, a couple pickles. We put some pickles on that thing. I got smoked turkey. I got pickles. I got lettuce. I got onions. Uh, any, any mustard people? Come on, somebody. Get past, the, get past the watery part. Get through that. Any mayonnaise people are like, no, no mayonnaise. Come on, put some mayonnaise on that thing. What if I was making this sandwich in your hand? That's Okay be loading you down with mustard baby <laughs> slab another piece of bread on it and there and, and then there you go listen to me the bread is not the meal the bread is the delivery system of the meal that God wants to get into somebody's hands 
The bread is so that you can handle and hold the meat of what God has in your life. The bread is so that God can deliver the meat to a society that's hungry for a meal. A meal in the meantime is you deciding to get the word and God's milk, God's bread, feast on Jesus, and all of a sudden he can put some meat in the middle of your... You're just God's holy bun, somebody. Called to deliver the things of God to humanity that needs Jesus think sometimes we forget why we're saved Jesus gives us a simple answer in Luke 10 2 Jesus says here's the answer like what do we do then pray pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field so number one I'm just just asking you I'm asking me pray pray like a person that remembers when you were bobbing in the open ocean wishing that a boat would come by and save you in Jesus name Pray like when you remember being lost and depressed and left out with no family and, and no purpose and no direction and no friends and, and everything was just shallow. And pray like you play like pray like you remember what it was like with the boat floating by you. Pray, 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 pray for your meal, pray for your for your finances, pray for COVID, pray for sickness, pray for all those things. But at the end of the day, don't stop there. Begin to remember and look outward and go, God, but please send laborers. Send me. And then number two, go. 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 Go where? Go to that, go to that connect group table. Go to, go, to, go to an outreach we're doing. Go to your school. Go to the hospital. Go. Invent a connect group that wants to go. Invent. We've got connect groups that you can invent. You have something in your heart. We want to empower that to help you go. We'll give you vision, direction, hope. We'll empower the vision you have. We'll give resources to it. We're here to empower and to see you go. Whatever it looks like. Pray and go. Pray and go. When do I go? When do I go? Now. Not when there's a vaccine. Not when everything's back to normal. There's, there's a... Not when we get out of the meantime. There's a meal in the meantime. It's called his mission. It's called pray and go, pray and go, pray and go, pray and go. And there's a meal for us to carry. We're the bread to carry this to a society that needs it. Pray so hard that you have to go and go so hard that you have to pray. Pray and keep on praying until it makes you want to go go so much and risk it so much that you've got to pray my sons I, I'm going to close with this thought my sons they love shoes my son came home with a pair of Yeezys they bought Yeezys online come on all my shoes where my sneaker heads at come on bought a pair of Yeezys he's like it's a deal dad they're $300 used I'm like oh my god in heaven Jesus help save his soul it's his money that he's paying me back with that's why I don't want him eating them ribs I'm like what he showed me the Yeezys he was all the Yeezys he was all excited about them he's like look at these dad I'm like oh yeah yeah that's beautiful that's cool I said but what so what what are they for like are those are those running shoes are they he was like what? I was like, yeah, I mean, what are, what are they for? Like, are they running? I mean, I get they're good looking, they're Yeezys, but like, what did they design them for? Like, did they design them to be running shoes? He's like, that. I was like, I mean, do you, are they, are they 
workout shoes, running shoes, lifting shoes. What kind of shoes are dead? They're lifestyle shoes. I was like, I mean, I get that. Like, you have to have shoes for life, but like, but like, what, what, what are they for? What are they designed to help you run, jump, play basketball, play soccer? Or what do you? No, dad, 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 dad. You don't get these dirty. They're designed to make your lifestyle look good. My fear is that the church has bought lifestyle shoes. And that we don't want to get these things too dirty and that we just want to look good. But God's saying, I need you to pray and go. I need you to get those things all muddy and all dirty. I need you to realize why you're on the ship. I mean, I need you to realize that you can pray and go and, and go and pray and that you can that you can encourage others and that we can get all in and that we don't just have a, a church that just looks good, that my God in heaven, you would send us in this hour now, this day, this time, this moment in history for this cause. We have a meal in the meantime. We don't have to wait on anything. Jesus said, I've got food that you don't know about, a secret sustenance that drives me to do my Father's will. Come on, we're going to be on mission, guys. I love you so much. I want to pray for you. I'm I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads on this one. I'm going to in a second. But if you're in relationship with Jesus, I want to say this. If If you're all in, if you just say, I'm going to pray and go. I don't know what it looks like right now, but I'm going to take steps. Maybe it's connect group. Maybe it's plugged in class in two weeks. Maybe it's getting into a team. Maybe, maybe it's just deciding you're going to invent a connect group to go out and reach an area in your city. But you're saying, you know what, pastor? I'm all in. Pray for me. Pray for this next season, what it looks like. I've been in a meantime season. I haven't quite known what to do, but I realize his mission is my meal, and I'm going to feast on it, and I'm all in. Come on, would you put your hand up to me if that's you. I'm not going to coerce you. Come on, several of you in the room. Come on. I'm all in. I'm so glad you're all in and those of you that aren't I'm going to pray for you after service that God would get your heart and send you into the harvest because you're on the cruise ship not just to be there for the ride did you know that there's free pizza at the buffet on deck 6 Jesus I've got food you don't know about is it steak or lobster tonight Jesus my food is to do the will of God entertainment wasn't so good the karaoke machine didn't work too well (laughs) I love y'all in this church I got to pastor you a little bit today and many of you are going I'm believing that God's going to change some things but this is this, this is our hour this is the time this is the time pray for you father thank you for those that just saying i'm willing i'm all in lord not by coercion not by manipulation by your spirit i just pray i'm going to preach my heart out and my guts out lord help me to go into different places help me to see where you calling me to go help me to make your heart my mission in a new way help your heart to be my meal god we have a meal in the meantime help us not get distracted in this hour help us not to 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 get to to think that we're not chosen in this hour we are chosen and sent you've chosen us and you send us today in a brand new way I pray for everyone that put their hand up and those that didn't, that you would show us a revelation of what you want to send us to. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a school-age kid. Maybe it's a sports team. Lord, whatever it might be, Lord, show us. Lord, and I just rebuke the spirit of complication, the spirit of making it so complicated. It's just so simple. Pray and go. 
We pray today as a church collectively that you would send laborers, leaders, workers into the harvest field that is great in this hour. And that we would be the mechanism, Lord, that we would not sail by bodies that are floating in the water. We would be the mechanism that you've called to deliver your hope to the planet. We would not be distracted. We would not be on a cruise ship for the wrong reasons. We know you're going to get us there safe. We know you're going to get the boat to where it needs to go. We know we're going to go through storms and up and downs. And the food might be good sometimes. And it might not be other times. And, and, and the entertainment might be good and bad. But God, ultimately, we're on this boat to serve. Help me, God, first. Start with me. Let it permeate into this house like never before. And Lord, let us take this thing out of these walls and reach those that are floating in the water, Lord. We turn the ship around at times to reach those, God. We just declare that that'll be our mission. Your heart will be our mission and our meal. If you're in this place, just for another second, no one looking around, I'm not going to embarrass you or stand you up or bring you forward or anything like that. In a second, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up to me. And I know I was pretty passionate today about serving and giving our life to this cause of Christ. And maybe you're here and you... You, you've never surrendered to Jesus. You're like, I don't know about serving or doing anything that. I've never really surrendered my life to Jesus. Maybe you've known religion and rules or you've seen people be hurt by religion or different things. Maybe you grew up and your family was Christian or and it's kind of a distant thought. And maybe you, you just at a place in your life where you're ready to surrender. And like, man, I can't lead my own life anymore. I'm tired of being so tired of trying to run everything. The Bible just says this, simply this, that if you would give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start in God doesn't say clean yourself up first or do everything right first. It just says simply by faith, if you just believe that Jesus is God and rose from the dead, you actually get a brand new heart. Some of you need a, a heart of flesh. The Bible says that when we give our life to Jesus, he takes out a heart of stone and actually puts in a heart of flesh. He removes every bit of shame, sin, guilt, mistakes, all, all of that. He nailed it to a tree and actually rose from the dead several thousand years ago. If you're here and you say, you know what, pastor, I'm ready to, to surrender. I need a fresh start in God. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I want him to be the leader and Lord of my life. I believe that he rose from the dead, that he's God. I'm gonna ask you to put your hand up to me on three. I'm not gonna embarrass you. Like I said, I'm just gonna pray for you. If you'd say, pastor, include me in that prayer. One, two, I, I need to make a fresh start. Three, I'm ready to surrender. Just put your hand up to me. I need a fresh start today with Jesus Christ. I need a fresh start with God. Anybody in here, I just take a second. Thank you for your honesty and your boldness. I need a fresh start in God today. Come on, thank you for your honesty. Awesome church. Come on, I'm gonna just pray a simple prayer right now. If you put your hand up, you can just pray this in your own words or you can pray my words. It's just about faith and believing and surrendering. And then if you didn't put your hand up but you need to put your heart up, put your heart up right now in this prayer. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus. Jesus, thank you for doing all the heavy lifting, doing the hard work and dying on that cross for my sin and my shame and my guilt. But more even than that, thank you for raising from the dead and coming back to life to give me your heart, a heart of flesh, a heart of life, a brand new start, Lord. I receive a fresh start today. Fill me with your spirit. Empower me to serve you with all of my days in Jesus' matchless name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God praise this morning real quick. Several people saying yes to Jesus for a fresh start. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Listen, you guys are a going church. Before you go out of here though and sign up for Connect Groups, if you said yes to Jesus like that, we have a fresh start area on both sides of the auditorium. We'd love to pray with you. Put a free book in your hand. And then if you need prayer for anything at all, they'd also like to pray with you over there and just believe God with you. If you're a guest, one more time, give our guests a hand. Thank you all for being here. We've got a guest area outside in the lobbies. We'd love to put that gift in your hand. And then listen, sign up for Connect Groups. 
do that today. We don't pass buckets. We give as we go. You can give online and in the boxes. Love you guys. Come on. You've got a meal in the meantime. Don't give up. Let's keep going and reaching our city in Jesus' name.